Hey there, Tim Blankenship uh, with Divorce 661. We're back with today's Divorce 661 Daily Perspective, Episode 2, going over cases that we addressed today, issues clients had with their divorce. Uh, and specifically, we're going to be talking about several things. We're going to talk about our attorneys even needed anymore with the rise of AI and chat GPT. You could literally be your own attorney. We're going to talk about, again, some judgment issues that we had clients had problems with, uh, people that had problems with their notary because they live in Mexico. Uh, we're talking about spouse support orders, child support orders, how to write them up, what boxes to check, uh, being a specialist versus a generalist when it comes to being an LDA, um, divorce judgments that were e-filed, processing timelines with various courts. Um, and uh, I was asked if our service is a scam, which I was not offended by because people do get scammed. So let's get right into it. Uh, just to bring you up to speed, uh, today is Wednesday. Again, got in the office around 5 a.m. It's super busy. You know, like I mentioned before, I've had uh, staff before and offices before, and now it's just been me for a couple of years since that uh, that virus that starts with C happened. Um, but we've had automation put in place that's kind of replaced them, sadly. Uh, I know people don't like to hear that when it comes to uh, employment, but uh, yeah, busy day. Usually Mondays are our busiest day. Today is Wednesday. Again, it's been a very, very busy day. Um, usually I'll spend the first couple hours uh, doing videos and uh, marketing and getting all that uploaded for the day. And then of course, now uh, at five o'clock every day, we're trying to put out these daily perspectives so you can learn about issues our clients are having. You may be having similar ones um, and maybe how to correct that and maybe learn a little bit more about me. So I have some notes up here. So if I'm not looking you in the eye all the time, it's because I'm referring to the notes of what I want to talk to you. Okay. The first thing I want to talk to you, number three on my list here is are attorneys even needed anymore? You can probably be your own attorney these days, aside from not knowing how the, the procedure works. If you're going to go to court uh, to talk to the judge and be opposing your own opposing counsel, or I should say your own attorney in your own divorce case, our clients don't deal with that because they don't go to court. But what I want to talk about when it comes to AI is I still get the most common questions when it uh, re related to divorce. How long is the divorce process? How long, you know, when does the six months start? How does spouse support work and all that? Only 11, what was the news I saw last night? Only 18% of the public has heard of and or used artificial intelligence uh, like chat GPT. So if you're hearing this for the first time, what that is, is basically uh, your ability to ask questions, they call them prompts, uh, put in information to get a result. So much like you would in Google, ask a question and then it would give you a series of maybe articles written by the courts. We're talking about, you say you're asking about divorce questions, articles about divorce. Uh, you would read an individual, uh, maybe um, court entered blog, or maybe an attorney wrote an article and you'd read that individual article just from that one source. What ChatGPT would do in this circumstance is essentially compile all of these resources in one and then essentially spit out a response that takes all of those into consideration that they consider reliable resources. So you can ask the legal questions, how to not pay spouse support, how, how, how does child custody work? What I did was I had a client ask me yesterday saying, oh, how does spell support work in a long-term marriage? How long will I have to pay? And normally I would just send them a link that an attorney wrote on the subject. This time I went to chat GPT. I put in the question and it spit out a dialogue of answers that basically summarized 
how well how the process works and how the decisions are made from the court or the persons involved in the divorce when it comes to spouse support in long-term marriages. So keep in mind, you can find out all this information is at your fingertips with whether you use Google or ChatGPT or Bing now as their own AI search. And there's just a ton of AI, which is uh, fascinating. So, okay. So we talked about um, ChatGPT and if attorneys are even needed anymore. Um, next subject, number four, finalize a judgment for clients in Kenya country. We filed that as central as we always do. Uh, this case was a little bit different because they were amicable and in agreement but they decided that the respondent would not have any visitation at all. So generally speaking, I, this might've been the first or second case in 11 years where the, one of the parties did not want to have any visitation with their children. I don't question why that is. Usually what we're indicating is that you're going to have, um, you know, at least reasonable right of visitation, or we'll even say, you know, an hour on the weekends or something, not no child support. We don't do that too often. We just submitted that judgment for review. So it'll be interesting to see if the court allows it. Back in the day, the court used to set a hearing whenever there was no child support um, requested for the respondent or any party for that matter. It's the petitioner in this case um, because they want to know why would a parent not want to have any custody time or visitation for that matter of their child. So we'll see how that goes. This is, we haven't submitted one of these in a long time. We'll see if the court requires a hearing on that. Uh, but we have that uploaded in the portal. That was all submitted and e-filed. You know, I talk about e-file with LA County all the time. Um, we are getting currently, we're in the end of September here. Uh, we're seeing two to three approvals with most judgments we're submitting, which is just amazing. Okay, number five. We have on occasion people who are from another country. We've had three this week that I can recall. Two were from Mexico. One was from Canada. And when it comes to notarizing your paperwork, when it comes to the judgment, the respondent needs to notarize their paperwork, especially in cases, in most cases, when a response has not been filed. So what we will always do, and we can only do this in amicable cases and in cases where no one has filed anything yet. You guys are starting fresh with me. We will make the party who lives in Mexico or in Canada or whatever country the petitioner, that way we don't have to get a notary from them because the notary that the California courts accept if you are the out-of-country respondent that needs to notarize their paperwork is from the consulate. And that is a huge pain in the butt to get an appointment with the consulate to get a notary. So in the two Mexico cases, they're not Mexico divorce cases, they're California divorce cases. But in those cases, they, they started with me before they filed anything. So we had the conversation about making the petitioner the party out of country and not, and there was a dual issue here because we can use e-notary uh, in most cases for our California um, cases when we do need the notary. But one of these cases, or I'm sorry, two of these cases, one was in Mexico, one lived here, but was from Mexico and never had an ID or identification or credit cards or anything. The e-notary service utilizes a, um, identi they identify you by your credit history. So they'll ask you, um, what's the last car you drove and give you some options? You know, which of these addresses have you lived at and so forth? So in this case, where they didn't have any credit, uh, they was not able to establish any um, questions for them. So they can't, they couldn't do the e-notary. Same went for the party that was living in Mexico. On that case, we made them intentionally the petitioner just to avoid the whole notary issue. With the case from Canada, also obviously a California divorce case, 
they had already filed and the party who filed was in California and the respondent was in Canada. So they had to go out and go to the consulate. They did it. I mean, it's not a huge deal. I think they charged 50 bucks, um, but they had to go and, you know, take the time wherever the consulate is, you know, it could be a bit of a pain to go down to the consulate in whatever country you're in the U S consulate to get that notary uh, complete. So uh, the uh, takeaway on that is if you're going to final for divorce and uh, you guys are amicable and cooperative and one party's out of country, make the party out of country, the petitioner. Okay. Number six, we had a client ask how specific does a child custody order have to be because we handle 100% amicable cooperative clients. And when they have children, we need to address custody in all cases. Usually what we're seeing is joint legal, joint physical custody, physical custody with reasonable right of visitation. That's that's it. Courts don't need to be any made of any more specific of a plan. Perhaps they do have a more specific plan. Maybe they have a an arrangement of dates and times of when they're going to pick them up, but that does not have to be incorporated into the agreement. You can. You can be as specific as you like, but with our amicable clients, we're finding that they want more of a flexible custody schedule, not one that's built into their settlement agreement for their divorce that they have to follow. Um, and they want it to just be more flexible and be able to say joint legal, joint physical, and they're just going to figure it out on a daily basis as they go. Number seven, the spouse support order attachment. Okay, so um, there's only three boxes. Uh, if you're married less than 10 years and you want to terminate uh, the court's jurisdiction over spouse support for both parties, which means there's no spouse support being paid to either spouse. It's a simple form. FL 343 is the spouse support order. You need to attach it. Even if you don't, don't want there to be spouse support, you're still going to attach the FL 343 spouse support order to your judgment package. And you're going to say, you know, that this is an attachment to the FL 180. You're going to mark the party stipulate. And then you're going to mark the box that says uh, the court, uh, um, the jurisdiction is the court jurisdiction is terminated over petitioner and respondent for spouse support. And that's it. And you can terminate spouse support that way. All right. We are now on number eight. One of the benefits of having a service like mine is not just to prepare the paperwork, but to have a sounding board for ideas and solutions to help you reach agreements or explore language you're looking for. So I have clients who are amicable, but they just don't know how to write it up. They say, Tim, we want to do X, Y, or Z. We don't know how to say it. So what I'll normally tell my clients is in just in plain English, tell me what you want to, to do. And I will, in essence, doctor it up into some official legalese, if you will, that would make sense to the court and to the parties involved. And to make sure it's a, an agreement that the court will sign and understands and is enforceable. Because you want to make sure that if you have an agreement, and the purpose of having an agreement is if you guys fall out of that agreement and you need to go back to court and you ask the court to enforce it, first of all, you guys need to know what it is you agree to. And the court needs to be able to understand what you are trying to agree to. So if you go to complain to the court and say, hey, we agree to this and this is, you know, this party's not following it, the court needs to be able to read it, interpret it, and then make a ruling on it. So if you need help, well, that's just one of the services that I provide. It's not mediation, it's just if you need help. Uh, with language. I also take care of that for you as well. Number nine, I only specialize in divorce. And I think I'm the only LDA legal document preparer in California or anywhere for that matter that specializes in a single process, that being divorce and family law. 
divorce and legal separation. Someone called me the other day and said, hey, do you do legal separation? And yes, it's the same process, different checkbox. Every other legal document preparation company I talk to or people come to us and use other services, they do everything that you could possibly, every service you could possibly provide as an LDA or even as an attorney. They do, they do family law. I think everyone pretty much does family law, but then they'll also do bankruptcy. They'll also do wills and trusts. They'll do conservatorships. They will do um, quit claim deeds. I mean, anything, any legal document they'll prepare. Here's my question for you. Would you prefer to hire a specialist who only does divorce every day, day in, day out, handled thousands of cases over 11 years, or someone who handles one or two cases a month and is kind of familiar with the paperwork, but they're not really sure? I'm feeding you the answer there. Obviously, you're going to want to work with a specialist. Um, so when you're out there looking for someone to help you, don't just look for people in your general area. I think that's the default. Let me find you know an LDA or paralegal service in whatever city you live in. I work with all, all courts in California. So you, you're not stuck with just using uh, an LDA service that might not uh, have the experience you're looking for uh, in your in your town. You're not stuck with them. So give me a call on that. Okay, number 10. I was asked twice this week by clients at what point they can stop the divorce. Um, at what point, And this really depends on where you're at in the divorce process. So this was yesterday and today, uh, separate clients had asked, at what point can, is it too late to stop the divorce process? So there's two timelines that I want to give you here. If you're in the middle of your divorce case, even if you've signed your judgment, and let's say we um, mailed it in to the court uh, in whatever county, it doesn't matter, because most courts have a three to four uh, month processing timeline. Say today, you know, today's the end of September ish, you know, September 27th, September 27th, excuse me, we turn in your settlement package, your judgment package. And it, it sits in line to be reviewed it, it, two to three to four months in some in some cases. If it hasn't been approved by the judge, all we have to do is file a request for dismissal. If if the response has not been filed, that only needs to be signed by the petitioner. If the response has been filed, then both parties need to uh, sign the request for dismissal. If the dismissal form gets filed before the judgment is reviewed and approved, that the case will be dismissed. And when they get to review the judgment, they'll say, oh, the case has been dismissed and they'll return it. If you're just in the middle of your divorce case and we haven't even prepared your judgment or maybe we did and you change your mind, it happens. Um, again, you just need a dismissal. The problem becomes, becomes if the judgment has already been signed by the judge, you can no longer just sign a request for dismissal because it's, your divorce has already been ordered even if the six months haven't passed. So let me give you this scenario. In LA County, everything is going very fast. We're getting all of our divorce cases done in five weeks, procedurally approved by the judge. Six months hasn't passed, but the judge has signed off saying, yes, we approve your divorce. Your divorce is, is finalized in you know five months from now. Once that's been entered, even though the six months haven't passed, you now have to file a request for order to have the judgment set aside. It's not an easy task. It's not just a, a matter of filing a request for dismissal. We've tried it. I've tried to sneak them in a couple of times, even with LA County, and they say, sorry, file a motion with the court to speak to the judge about setting the judgment aside because the judge has already signed off on the divorce case and it's final. So if that happens, 
you have to file this request for order, get into court. The problem with that is it can take two and a half months to get into most uh, courthouses in LA County before you have a hearing. So if you're really close up against that six month mark, most likely that divorce date is going to hit before you even get into court. Um, you can go in on an emergency basis. It's called an ex party. Go in and say, hey, we want this set aside. They may not see it as an emergency and they may say, come back in two months. But then by that point, your divorce is already finalized. We've had that happen because people call me sometimes and say, it doesn't happen too often, but they'll call me and say, hey, Tim, it's four days before our divorce. We changed our mind. We want, we don't want it to go through. And I have to tell them, you can walk into court and try and get the judge to set aside. And on the one time people did walk in, the judge said, you know what? You waited this long. Yes, you're within that six month window. I don't have time to, to process this set aside. So just, you know, the divorce is going to happen in four days. You'll be officially divorced. Go out and get remarried. So be, I guess the takeaway from that is be very, uh, very sure that you want the divorce to go through and give a lot of ramp up time uh, prior. You know, if you're if you're on the bubble of thinking you don't want to be divorced, the best thing to do is just don't submit your judgment to court for review. Just just let us hang on to it. That just happened. We had people who we did the whole settlement agreement judgment. They signed it, notarized it. And, and I was just the day before I was about to submit it to court for review. And this was LA County. So it would have been approved in a couple of days. They said, Hey Tim, we are we're considering not going through divorce. What should we do? I said, then what we do is I just, I just won't submit your judgment and we'll just hold off. Why don't we just let it you know, wait four five, six, ten 10 months, a year, whatever. And then let me know if you want to dismiss it at that time. If you do great. If you want it to go through, we just submit the judgment at that time. Okay. Number 11. Finalized a Riverside County divorce case. Uh, we just received their signatures from the clients and we'll be mailing the Riverside docs in um, and we can't e-file. So Riverside is one of those counties that there's no e-file. The reason I want to talk about this Riverside divorce case is these were kind of uh, uh, your old school um, clients, if you will. They didn't have computers or scanners or be able to print and uh, they weren't comfortable. Well, with Riverside, you can't e-sign e any uh, documents anyways. But I basically prepared their entire divorce case, all documents from petition through judgment, sent it to both parties. They're living apart to both parties. They signed everything, mailed it in. And we're just going to take care of this from more of like a, a, a mail-in deal. I just had them not date anything because we have to date certain forms procedurally. So if you are one of those folks that are kind of old school and you do want to not do the whole uh, email e-sign and you know, e-notary, I can work with you and we can mail you the documents you can sign, send me your originals. It's just going to be a little bit slower of a process. No big deal. Um, another Riverside divorce case that we just started, um, in this case, it was just that they had, what I wanted to call out on this is they had a 20, they were separated for 22 years. So they told me originally that they had a 40 some odd year marriage. They've been married 40 some odd years. But when I asked when they are separated, it was like 22 years ago. So in this case, and not just with Riverside, but in any case, if the date of separation that um, you guys you know, officially separated, that stands. Even if you file for divorce 20 and 30 years later, the divorce or the, sorry, the marriage does not continue to accrue. Um, it does on, on, you know, in, in real life, but on paper, when you go to file your petition, you're going to want to use the divorce date. I'm sorry, the, the, date of um, the date that you guys separated will be the line in the sand of the length of marriage. So they end, actually only ended up having a 20 year marriage um, because they were separated for such a long period of time. Okay. Today I had a consultation out of the Pomona courthouse, meaning they had filed 
their uh, paperwork at the Pomona Courthouse in L.A. County. They had filed in June. Uh, they, they did the initial petition, summons. There was no kids. Um, they did the proof of service, and then they got stuck. A lot of my business comes to me. Let me back up. Half of my business comes to me from scratch. They haven't filed anything with the court, just getting the ball rolling, want me to take care of it for them. Great. The other half of the clients come to me um, having started their divorce and being somewhere in the process. So in this case, they did the initial petition, you know, pretty much easy enough, but people still make tons of mistakes on them. Did the proof of service, then saw the next steps and said, oh my gosh, I need to get someone to help me. And we're going to take care of their Pomona divorce case. So they just kind of got to that first step and then said, okay, uh, I need someone to bail me out. Perfect. Be happy to take over. The other part, other half of that, half of that business that comes to me is people try to get all the way to the judgment phase, maybe turn their judgment in one, two, three, six, ten 10 times over a period of years and finally throw in the towel and say, Tim, I can't, you know, there's nothing I can do to get this approved. Can you take over? And the answer is yes. In all of these cases, as long as you guys are in agreement um, to all the terms, I can fix anything. Sometimes we have to start over. Sometimes we, we can get it approved based on how you started the process, which is my preference. But if we have to start over, no big deal. We can amend your petition. You won't have any additional court fees. You get to amend your petition um, at least once uh, free with the court. Okay. On another consultation today, clients were very happy uh, with everything I had to say. Um, you know, I make it a very easy process, especially if you're in LA County. It's, it's easy in every county. It's just that it's faster with LA County is what I mean. And they are from LA County and uh, from Central. From They're in uh, um, downtown LA area. And they were so happy with the call. I spoke to both parties. And at the end, they said, this sounds too good to be true. I really hope this isn't a scam. And I totally get that. There are scams out there. And I wasn't offended uh, by them mentioning that. In fact, I'm glad they did. And I think I wish... Not that I want people to ask me if my service is a scam, but I, I want people to ask other services if they are a scam because I get a lot of calls every week where people have tried to use a different a paralegal service uh, maybe or an LDA service, and they didn't have the experience or know-how to finalize their divorce case. They, it was getting rejected just as if the client was trying to do it their own. They didn't have any more knowledge than um, the, the parties themselves. And or in the worst case scenarios, it is an actual scam. They took their money, maybe did one or two pieces of paperwork and then never called them back once they got paid. Uh, I talked about this, I think, a year ago. Um, there was a, a company out there and they were in the San Fernando Valley. And what they would do is they would say, hey, to file for divorce, it's 500 bucks. I'm making up a number. And so they'd pay the 500 bucks and they would file for divorce. They'd file the petition and say, here's your petition you're all done. And they say, well, are we divorced? And they say, oh no, um, you know, that was just a file for divorce. Now, wouldn't your assumption be if you're paying someone to file for divorce, you want it to also be finalized, but that was a scam. I did a whole video on scams and all the different scams that are out there, including people keeping the court fee, uh, doing fraudulent uh, proof of uh, fraudulent fee waivers so they can keep the court fee, all kinds of strange stuff out there. So yeah, definitely do your due diligence before you hire someone except for me. I'm safe. Been doing this 11 years. You're in good hands. And I hope you guys are okay with me kind of being a little loose on this uh, chat with you. I do a lot of not serious, but you know, instructional videos. And this is my just kind of recap of my day and going over things that clients were having trouble with and things that were resolving uh, for folks. All right. Notaries writing on the judgment. Okay. I did a separate video on this, a short video on YouTube the other day, but what we're seeing is 
notaries who are you're, so you're when we prepare your final paperwork, then the settlement agreement needs to be notarized in most cases. We're seeing notaries interfere with that process by trying to review the actual judgment paperwork, the settlement agreement, reading through it, getting involved in what things say. And they're not supposed to do that. All they're doing is acknowledging your signature. They're witnessing your signature. What they are notarizing is the document itself, but they are not notarizing the content of your of your document, just that that is your signature and it is attached to the, the judgment. That's all I have to say. So we had a case uh, this week where they wrote all over the judgment, put in, checked some boxes. Um, they uh, changed that name because the drivers. So sometimes when we file for divorce, uh, people will give me, you know, first, middle, last, or first name, middle, initial, last. And that was the case here. But the driver's license, when they went to do the notary, had full first, middle, and last name. So the 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 um, notary went in and wrote over on the actual court forms. Uh, these are legal documents, people. You can't just write on them. They're, they have to be done, I mean, precisely. And they crossed out the names and put, you know, crossed out the initial and put the full middle last on all the documents. We couldn't accept those. They had to go back and we had to redo all their paperwork. We signed all the paperwork. So if you are going to get your documents notarized, all they need to do is witness your signature. You really just need to show them the signature page. That's all they need to look at. This has been resolved in LA County because we're having everybody eve notarize their paperwork and they, we haven't had any issues with them uh, trying to adjust any of the paperwork for some reason. Number 16, we filed an LA County judgment today. Um, this was a sec same sex marriage. Uh, nothing really to note there, except that we do handle same sex marriages. It's the exact same process. Quite a few these days uh, anymore. We do uh, them all the time, at least probably two, three a month. Uh, same sex marriage, divorce cases, Process is identical. Nothing's changed. Um, same process. This was a straightforward case. No spouse support, short-term marriage, no kids. They had a house. The reason I wanted to bring this uh, case up, aside from it being a same-sex marriage, is they uh, had a home together that they didn't want to sell yet. They wanted to continue living in the home together. Um, they still wanted to get the divorce process, which we submitted that via e-file today. I imagine I'll have that later uh, tomorrow it'll be approved, but they still want to live together in the home, mostly for financial reasons, right? Because, you know, for one to stay in the home and one to rent, it's the cost of living. They're going to pool their resources together. And then they're going to meet annually to decide if they want to sell the home and then split the proceeds. So two takeaways there. It's totally fine to continue living together post-divorce is not the first time I've had this happen. Um, I mean, that I know of, you know, it's, we know people do that all the time, but these are two times, at least two times this month that we know people were potentially planning to stay together in the house post-divorce. Um, I'm sure that's happened before that people aren't telling me, so that's fine. And the other takeaway is that it's okay to sell your home at a later time. You don't have to do it before, during, it can be any time after the divorce. Okay. Number 17. Fastest way to finalize your divorce judgment when amicable is to file your petition, then file everything else as one final judgment package. So I keep telling you that I can get your LA County, okay, divorce cases. I still do the same thing for all other counties. We file the petition and I don't submit any other paperwork to the court until we have a full settlement agreement, judgment package, disclosure forms, everything that's entailed, you know, requesting or default, even the proof of service. I don't file the proof of service right after 
I um, have after that um, served by notice and acknowledgement. I hold on to it. We wait the 30 or 40 days until they've got their settlement agreement all drafted up, signed and in my office. And I turn everything in one shot. So I think what most people do, and if you're doing your own divorce, what you're going to do is you're going to file a petition that says step two, serve your spouse. You're going to serve your spouse. Step three, turn in the proof of service. You're going to turn the proof of service. Step four, do the disclosure. Step five, do the requesting or default, file with the court. You don't have to break it up like that. If it's contested, if you're not amicable, not cooperative, then yes, follow, follow those instructions. For us, there's no reason to break this up and keep independently filing separate documents with the court. Because every time you do that, they have to open up their file, look at it, look at the previous documents, make sure those are filed properly before they can accept the next sequential documents. So in our case, what I do is I file the petition, get a case number issued. We'll work through their settlement agreement. It might take a couple of days, might take a couple of weeks, whatever the case might be. Proof of service, all final judgment package. They sign it. Let's call it an L.A. County divorce case. We get all prepped, e-signed, e-notarized. As soon as I can turn in, I turn everything else in. It's the only other time we file two filings on the entire divorce case, the initial petition and the entire judgment package, including proof of service through settlement agreement. That's the fastest way to get your divorce done. That's what I had for you today. We went about 30 minutes. Wow. Uh, daily perspective. So again, this was a busy, busy day. If you guys have questions and you made it this far in this talk, you can always email me. Um, I, again, this is so you, this daily perspective, I'm going to try to do this every day because there's a lot of value and content in here about the client, the questions my clients have, how we resolve them and how we answer them. We'll see you tomorrow on the next daily perspective.